Hey, and welcome to the Pathway Church Podcast. We're so glad you're here to join us. We hope that this podcast inspires you to live life both for God and your city. Make sure to subscribe to stay up to date with all of our most recent episodes. And remember to leave us a five-star rating. Enjoy the message. Today I want to talk to you about endurance. Last week we talked about faith and we looked in Hebrews chapter 11 to do so. We were talking about Moses. Really, we weren't talking so much about Moses as much as we were talking about Amron and Jacobed, his mom and dad. Thank God for their faith. Thank God for the faith of mothers and fathers that pass off their faith to the next generation. While I'm at that, just airport campus, Moffitt campus, everyone joining us online, happy Father's Day. Happy Father's Day. We love you. Thank you for your love and your service to, to your children. Dads, we love you. Come on, Pathway, all over this house. Let's just bless our, our dads. Now, last week, as we talked about faith, I shared that faith chooses God's plan over the culture's plan. That's what faith does. Faith looks to and listens to the voice of a God that we have not seen and stiff arms the voice of the culture that we're swimming right in the middle of. That's what faith does. Because faith is looking to a home, it's looking for a city not made with human hands and not crafted with human reason. That's what faith does. But endurance, while faith chooses God's plan, endurance chooses God's priority. It's one thing to know the plan. It's another thing to know the priority or the sequence when this stuff is going to to hit. And that's what endurance does. It says, God, you find this important. I'm gonna trust you. I'm gonna hang in there. I'm I'm gonna walk this thing all the way out. Priority is subordinating everything in your life to the plan. When something has the top priority, we have prioritized things, we triage things. You know, you go to the emergency room and you may have a a broken arm, but you are not the top priority, even though the pain that you have is the top priority for you. But someone else may be having a stroke, someone may be having a heart attack, someone may be coming out of a very difficult car accident and the priority isn't on you. And so thank God for the culture. I love the culture. I love living in the culture. I, I feel really blessed to live in 2021. I, I like this culture. I, I like this food that we have. I, I like the culture of LA. I love the culture of lower Alabama. It's really a wonderful culture. But we take that culture and we say that that culture, well, let me just say this. The cross never conforms to the culture. The culture conforms to the cross. But the cross and the gospel and the church, we need to speak the language of the culture. Endurance helps us to live within the culture and hang in there trusting God's plan. We're gonna look at the rest of Hebrews chapter 11. Last week, we started off uh, verse 23. We were gonna go to verse 28. We only made it to 23. Today, we're gonna do 24 and 28, and then I'll unpack how this story unfolds uh, with Moses. Go with me to uh, Hebrews 11, verse 24. 
The writer of Hebrews says it was by faith that Moses, when he grew up, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. I want to pause there for a second. I want you just to consider everything that happened in Moses' life. Little baby Moses was dropped into a basket, sent down the river at three months old because all of the two-year-old boys in Egypt were called to be killed by the Pharaoh because the Jewish population, the Hebrews, were populating too much, outnumbering the Egyptians. And then this was Pharaoh's like last solution to deal with this problem. And so we saw that uh, Moses was raised by the Pharaoh's daughter. We, we walked through that story this last week. And I just wonder what that must have been like to be raised in a palace like that. After having been branded as a Hebrew boy. Not only that, but remember in verse 23, um, to Moses' parents, they saw him when he was born. They said he was an unusual child. Another translation says he was a beautiful child. There are other places in the Bible we'll get to where it says that he was a beautiful child in the sight of the Lord. He, bottom line, he was a child of destiny. He was a child of purpose. God had a plan for his life. And so this little boy Moses is growing up being raised by two mamas, by Pharaoh's daughter, and by his, uh, by his biological mother. So here's what I would imagine was going on is that Pharaoh's daughter was whispering in his ear. You're gonna be the strongest, most powerful, most influential man in all of the world. This palace is for you. She was raising him to be a Pharaoh, to be a king. Whispers, you'll be wealthy. You'll be sought after. People will bow to you. People, let me tell you, I love it when you walk into a place and somebody holds the door open for you. I love it. I love holding the door open for people. Every now and then I get caught in a door holding open stare down at Cracker Barrel because there's somebody on the other side of the door trying to be more polite than me. That feels really good. Moses never held the door open for anybody. As a five, six-year-old people trembled in his presence. His mother was whispering in his ear. But he had another mama that was also whispering in his ear. Son, don't let that Egypt get down into you. You better remember who you are. You have a purpose. You have a plan. You have a destiny. You're going to lead God's people. Your people are in slavery. Your, your people are in bondage. And God has chosen you. Being pulled by two different Worlds. Do any of you feel like that just a little bit? I mean, maybe not as grand as that, but don't you, as a citizen of the United States, do you understand how blessed we are? No, I mean, do you really understand? I know there are things that we're working on and things that we need to work on, but do you really understand how blessed we are? I've been all over the world. I've seen... Look, you can, go to the, you can go to countries and you can see the most extravagant cities, but then you step outside of the city and you will see mass starvation and hunger and difficulty and oppression. I'm telling you, it's difficult. We are blessed to be in a place like this. I'm glad to be a citizen of the United States of America. Boy, I arrived here today in a 
vehicle with an internal combustion engine and I listened to the music as loud as I could. My kids are looking at me. They think I'm deaf, but I'm on my way to church. I'm getting ready. I listened to Jira and I listened to Shall Not Want. Oh my goodness. I have that on repeat right now and it's awesome. I put on some clothes and you know, I walked out of my house. I had air conditioning and running water. Came to church. I'm thankful to be living in this world. But let me tell you, as much as I love being a citizen of the United States, I love that I'm a citizen of the kingdom of God. I'm so thankful for that. And you know, I find myself, myself in a tug of war sometimes between these two worlds. And the, the world is whispering in my ear. The enemy is whispering in my ear. And at the same time, God is whispering in my ear and he's pulling me. And I even hear the voice of my own father today saying, son, you're a Johnson. You better act like it. You better represent. You better conduct yourself above reproach. That's a phrase my dad would use, above reproach. That means you, it's not just about acting right. You better act better than right, son, or I'll get a hold of you. I've heard him say, go on outside. I don't want to get blood on your mama's carpet when he's talking to me. That <laughs> makes me nervous. I can still hear the sound of the belt loops snapping as that belt's coming out of his waist. <laughs> if you don't know what I'm talking about, then you hadn't been raised. <laughs> <laughs> the pull of two worlds. Moses' mom is telling him over and over and over about who he is. And she says, you know who you are, you've been marked. And when Egypt gets down inside of you and all of that blessing gets down inside of you, I want you to know that you are in covenant with a God and with a father Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and now the ball has been handed off to you. No pressure, son. Verse 25. Verse 24, he heard the whisper of Egypt and he heard the whisper of God. And in verse 25, he chooses. Verse 25 says, he chose to share the oppression of God's people instead of enjoying the fleeting pleasures of sin. He thought it was better to suffer for the sake of Christ than to own the treasures of Egypt for he was looking ahead to his great reward. It was by faith that Moses left the land of Egypt, not fearing the king's anger. Remember this? This is also the same. This is the legacy of his mom and dad. They chose to hold on to little baby Moses until he was three months old and send him down the river because they chose, they, they, they were willing to risk the, the anger of the king to follow the king of kings. The Bible says he kept right on going. The ESV, the English Standard Version, translates this. Um, he kept right on going as he endured. He endured because he kept his eye on the one who is invisible. Three things today. He listened to the whisper. He chose and he endured he listened to the whisper, he chose, and he endured. This is the choice that's before all of us today. What choice are we going to make? When it comes to endurance, let me tell you, you will not have the privilege of enduring if you don't first make a choice. Here's my fear for us today, is that there are people, that good people, people that God is working on that, ha that are in this room 
that are watching online, that are at airport campus, that are living but have not fully made the choice. Let me tell you something about choosing. If you wait until the moment where you are pressured, if you wait until the moment when you come under scrutiny and you have not already decided how you will act when you get in that moment, let me tell you how it's gonna go. You're gonna pick the path of least resistance. You gotta first make a choice. Let me say to my young people right now, let, let me, not just my young people, let me say to anybody that is single right now and dating, if you don't make the choice that you're gonna stay pure before God, sexually, relationally, before you get in the moment, I can tell you where that choice is gonna go. You better remember who you are. God has called you. He's placed his hand on you. That's not just for single people. This is for married people. Because there will be somebody that you work with, somebody that you go to the gym with, someone that you're close to, that in some point of emotional desert, relational desert experience you may have, there's someone that becomes a shoulder for you to lean on and an ear to, to speak into and, and vice versa. And it's some need is being filled in your life that maybe you aren't getting at home because at home you're going through the rigors of life and laundry has to get done, and work has to get done, and lawns have to get mowed, and kids have to get taken to school, and you get this one little bit of time with this person every now and then, you get the best part of them. If you have not made the choice before you get to that moment, I could tell you where that's gonna go. When you hear the whisper, you gotta make a choice, and then you endure, then you, then you stand. Yeah, Moses, he kept right on going because he kept his eyes on the one who is invisible. It was by faith that Moses commanded the people of Israel to keep the Passover and to sprinkle blood on the doorposts so that the angel of death would not kill their firstborns. This is a story of deliverance. Let me tell you, if you want to be a deliverer for God's people, if you want to be a person of legacy, a person of calling a person of destiny, you have to make the choice and then you have to stand by the choice and you have to stand by the choice until God brings the whole thing to a conclusion. I'm just asking that God would raise up a whole house full of Moses a whole house full of Amrons and Jacobeds, parents of Moses, people, uh, little Miriam who would run along and recognize what God was doing in her little brother that God would raise up a people that will start in relationship with the Lord, will make the choice, and will never quit. Now, at this point in my message, I'd like to stop and share something that happened on Thursday. On Thursday, I got up Thursday morning and I got on a plane. In fact, I was on four planes on Thursday before church Thursday night. It was a day. I flew out and visited with my friend that's going through a health crisis. And I was there with him. I flew Atlanta, Memphis, drove out to Arkansas, prayed to the Lord that he helped me get across that bridge. It's been cracked and all the traffic shut down. I went out there just to be there just for a little bit and got to pray with, with my brother, with my friend. One of the roughest 
construction guys you'll ever meet. His name is Larry. Larry is my friend. I looked at my watch and after praying, after reading some scripture, after talking with the family and kind of helping navigate some stuff, jumped in the car, ran back to the airport, got on a plane, got back, landed in Mobile at 6.07 p.m., walked right into church at airport campus, stepped into worship, went up and preached this message. But before I could preach, Adam Parker, our student ministry pastor at airport campus, was receiving, uh, was um, ministering before the message and just sharing a little bit. And he talked about how that his dad lives on 100 acres in Baldwin County. And when he was a boy, his dad would drive him out by a creek. There was a tree, a big old tree, and his dad would show him this tree. And he would say, son, my dad showed me this tree when I was a boy, and his dad showed him this tree when he was a boy. He said, Adam said, this week I got to take my son out and show him that tree. That's endurance. I thought, wow, look at what God just did because I was tired. I had just gone out to see a friend of mine, Larry. Larry, upon getting, uh, you know, in this real difficult spot, Larry has given his life to Jesus Christ. Let me say, Larry, if you're watching right now, I want you to know there's a whole bunch of people in Mobile, Alabama that love you. Bless God that you are a tree that's planted by a river today. We love you. I thought about that. You know what? I'm going to drive some friends out today that you can see Larry. I just want you to see this new tree that has been planted this is my prayer for you is that you'll be the kind of believer the kind of christian that isn't looking to god saying well i'll follow you if you'll do this for me and that some little condition will come along some little financial problem will come along some health condition will come along some kind of relational condition will come along and you say god look you've let me down and you uproot yourself and move yourself somewhere else never having the opportunity to flourish I just want to tell you today in the tradition of Abraham, in the tradition of Isaac, in the tradition of Jacob, in the tradition of Moses, I will not be moved from this river. Not going to move. Pathway Church, we've made it 70 some years now. Some of us are first-generation Christians. Some of us are Christians because a parent led us to Jesus. Some of us are following Jesus because our family has followed Jesus for generations. I don't know how it shakes out for you. It really doesn't matter because you're not saved by your parents and you're not saved by your friends. You're saved by Jesus. But here's what I'm saying. No matter how it is, you've come to Jesus. Don't stop following Jesus. Hear the whisper, make a choice, and don't quit. Now, I told you about what Adam said about this tree and that for some five generations, his family has been going out looking at this tree that gets bigger and bigger. And I thought, well, what a coincidence because I'm sharing on the life of Moses and I'm not only preaching about Moses, uh, I'm not preaching about Moses from the Old Testament, I'm preaching about Moses 100% in the New Testament. I want you to go with me to Acts chapter seven and just look at this story. Acts chapter seven in verse 20. 
What we have is Moses being preached out of the mouth of Stephen, the very first Christian martyr, who is sharing about the Messiah and referencing the Hebrew prophets, the prophets of Israel, who were predicting and prophesying. They were types and foreshadows of the coming Messiah, Jesus. And this is what he said, verse 20. At that time, Moses was born, a beautiful child in God's eyes. His parents cared for him at home for three months. Now, let me say, this gets handled in about five verses over in Hebrews, but you get a lot more drama here in Acts chapter seven. You can get even more drama if you go back to the Old Testament. It says, when they had, had to abandon him, Pharaoh's daughter adopted him and raised him as her own son. Moses was taught all the wisdom of the Egyptians and he was powerful in both speech and action. Why was he educated in these Egyptian schools, the best academics, the, the best academia, the best institutions anywhere in the world? Because he was, this voice said he was gonna lead Egypt, but this voice, the voice of God said, I'm gonna use the institutions of Egypt to educate you to lead my people out of this sorry place. One day when Moses was 40 years old, he decided to visit his relatives, the people of Israel. He saw an Egyptian mistreating an Israelite, so Moses came to the man's defense and avenged him killing the Egyptian. Now I'm gonna pause there for a second before I get to this piece, and I just wanna encourage you because there are some mothers and fathers that have been praying for your children to follow Jesus. You raised them in church and they're not following Jesus right now. I know I'm touching people's hearts because this is real life. We have five services every weekend at Pathway Church and within our church family, there are a lot of people that are described just like this. Let me tell you, it wasn't until Moses was 40 years old that he chose to leave that Egyptian home. Here's what the Bible says. If you will train up a child in the way he should go, when he's old, he won't depart from it. So mom, dad, you keep lifting your kids up to the Lord. You keep trusting. And in God's time, he's gonna work this thing out. Amen. Come on, man. Let's give praise to the Lord and bless him for that. Now, Moses is trying to do right, but he stepped out and took matters into his own hands. And he kills this Egyptian. Moses had, Moses had the right priority because he was choosing God's people over Egypt, but he did not have God's plan. He made his own plan. Look, I like to do things. I don't like to sit and wait. I feel like waiting is such a waste of time. But for those of you that are kind of created like me, this is a problem for us. Because sometimes we get out over our skis. We get out ahead of ourselves. Moses assumed his fellow Israelites would realize that God had sent him to rescue them, but they didn't. So now here he is unwelcomed in Egypt and unwelcomed by his own people. The next day he visited them again and saw two men in Israel fighting. He tried to be a peacemaker. Men, he said, you're brothers. Why are you fighting each other? But the man in the wrong pushed Moses aside. 
Who made you a ruler and judge over us, he asked. Are you going to kill me as you killed that Egyptian yesterday? When Moses heard that, he fled fled the country and lived as a foreigner in the land of Midian. There his two sons were born. I don't know how you get to the desert. I don't know how you do. I, I see how Moses does. I see how Moses gets to Midian. How, do you, how did you get to Midian? How did you get to that place of testing? Endurance is never needed in times of prosperity. Endurance is never needed in times of health and affirmation and approval. Endurance is needed when people have turned their backs on you. Endurance is needed when you don't see the answer, when you can't see the path forward. I like the path forward. I like plan B. I like plan C. Larry was talking to the nurse on Thursday and she said, now if this doesn't work, then we'll do this. He's like, no, don't, I don't want plan A now and then you give me plan B later. I can't handle that. I want plan A, plan B, plan C, plan D now and I'll pick the one. Larry, that's not how it works. <laughs> Pathway, that's not how it works. There are times when we don't see the path forward. That's the difference between a son and a slave. That's the difference between a son and a servant because a son will say, I belong to a father. I don't know what's next, but daddy, I'm going to hold your hand. I'm going to trust you. I'm going to trust you. A lot of us don't even trust the Lord. A lot of us won't even put ourselves out there and unless God shows us the way. It's like we want to have faith, but we don't really want to have faith. Faith requires of us as sons and daughters to say, God, even if it looks like the whole world is crashing, I'm still going to trust you. Even if my health is failing, God, I'm still going to trust you. Lord, even if my children have turned their backs on you and on me, I'm still going to trust you. I I wish we would just draw a line in the sand and make this choice and get the deciding over with and go ahead and move on. Because look, it's, it's not for us to be fickle. It's for us to trust in the Lord. Can you imagine what God would do among us if we just got the deciding over with and done with? And we just said at age 18, at age 16, I'm not gonna sow my wild oats and then choose God. No, I choose God now. Now, I'm not going to just wait until I get this promotion. I'm not just going to wait until I retire. I'm not just going to wait until I get a spouse. I choose now. And God, if my choosing you causes me to miss out on some things, I choose you. If it means I have to leave the palace, if it means I have to leave the approval, if it means that I have to leave the comfort, I choose to suffer in the oppression of your people, God, than to enjoy the fleeting pleasures of Egypt. The Christian church today is desperately in need of people that won't bow to the culture, but instead will bow to the King of Kings. What about a revival of righteousness? What about a revival of holiness? What about a revival of obedience? I know we all want to come into night of worship and have a wonderful time, but what about you just doing what God tells you to do? Doesn't that make our worship so much better? In fact, isn't that our best worship? Obedience is better than sacrifice. 
Yeah, we may not get it all right. We may make some mistakes along the journey. And if you do, when you do, and you find yourself in Midian, won't you still choose the Lord? Verse 30. So when he's 40 years old, he chooses to be identified with the people of God. Verse 30 says 40 years later, now Moses is 80 years old. In the desert near Mount Sinai, an angel appeared to Moses in the flame of a burning bush. When Moses saw it, he was amazed at the sight. As he went to take a closer look, the voice of the Lord called out to him. I am the God of your ancestors, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Moses shook with terror and did not dare to look. Now we know the rest of the story about how he takes his sandals off. He was standing on holy ground. It was a powerful, powerful moment. We hope you've been blessed by this week's podcast. Make sure to subscribe to stay up to date with all of our most recent episodes and visit pathwaychurch.us slash give. We'll see you next week.